right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Porn and the Gospel. I am your host, Spencer Sutton, and glad to be here with you. So as I mentioned in previous episodes, we're going to actually start a series that's probably going to take us a while to get through, but it's, it's really going to be a series about how to quit porn. So I'm just going to, that's what I'm going to label it. And each episode will be labeled one, two, three, four, however many we need to go through. And and it's probably going to be pretty lengthy because there's a lot to say about this. There's a lot that goes into um, actually uh, men finding freedom from pornography. And so I'm going to do this on the podcast. I'm also recording uh, the video for this in case you want to go check it out on the Natural Porn Killer um, YouTube channel which I, I've done some things on there before, but I haven't done anything on there probably in about a year, year and a half, possibly maybe even longer. I can't really remember, but I thought that these slides might be helpful for anybody who wants to watch, but you most definitely don't have to do that. You can listen to the podcast and get as much out of it um, as anybody watching, but uh, just in case somebody wants to see the visual, I know that some people would rather um, watch a YouTube uh, video and some people would rather listen to a podcast driving down the road. So I get it. Let's get started. And I just want to say that this is, I have uh, really, really wrestled with this, the thought of this, not, not in a bad way, but just in a way of, of thinking like I've this is just a lot, right? So this is going to be a lot. And so I want to talk to you about the journey ahead. And so this first episode is really just going to be getting our minds right about what's coming and the attitude and the thought process that I really want you to lean into as we begin talking about um, freedom from pornography. Because if you're really honest with yourself, if you're listening to this, uh, probably one of two people listening to this, uh, the man who is the brother in Christ who's struggling with pornography and has tried a lot of different things and has not ever been able to um, completely be free from pornography. So I get that. Like, if that's you, then I can identify with that. If you want to hear what that sounds like or what that sounded like in my life and, and the, what happened in my life as a result of that, you can go and I think probably the second episode, podcast episode we've ever done was just me sharing my story. So if you want to do that, like I totally understand that. Uh, the next person that might be listening is you could be a pastor, you could be a um, you know, uh, youth group leader or whatever, men's ministry leader. Uh, and, and I'm just saying that you're, maybe you're not struggling with pornography and you're just interested in the viewpoint of somebody who has uh, been through this struggle and um, is free from pornography and masturbation. Then I hope, I hope you find encouragement with this. I hope you, I hope you find ways and, um, maybe empathy to, to uh, love the, the men in your church. Um, and listen, I know that I, I actually coach pastors right now who are struggling with pornography. So I'm not saying that pastors are, are free from this because they're not. But if you are uh, someone, a man in the church, and you 
are walking in freedom, then I hope again that you find encouragement and can help other men along their journey because it's worth um, it's worth fighting for. And the reason, like as I was thinking about this, I was running yesterday and thinking about this is the the reason I'm doing this, the reason why this is so important to me is because I have had a long-standing conviction that the church is um, the instrument which God has created, this incredible body of Christ which he's created to reach the nations with the gospel. And I just see so much unfulfilled potential or untapped potential in the church, especially in, in regards to men. Because when a man is trapped in pornography, it's terribly lonely. And um, there's all kinds of uh, stories that they tell themselves. There's all kinds of shame and which keeps a man from being um, unfruitful in his walk with what God wants to do through him. And so this, this is really all about um, the Lord, the gospel, <laughs> impacting a man's life, giving him freedom from pornography so that his life is a testament to the glory and the grace of Jesus Christ. That's really ultimately, like if I were going to sum it up, that's it. Like you, brother, if you're listening to this, God has more for you. You were designed to bear fruit. You've been given certain talents and gifts so that you could use those gifts and those talents to God's glory within the church, like to glorify the King, our King. And so Let's walk, let's just get started and walk through this. And I hope that, listen, as many of these as I am able to do, I hope that you will follow along. And I hope that, man, by God's grace, uh, he will speak to your heart. It's, this is not definitely not about me, but this is about what God wants to do through you. So let's go ahead and, and just dive right in. So the things that we're going to talk about in this episode, in this podcast episode is how to achieve success. Like you've come here or you're listening because you want to be free from pornography. So we're going to talk about how this happens. We're going to talk about living by a code, and I'm going to show you what that looks like. We're going to dive into detail about that. We're going to talk about the journey ahead and how this is war. Okay. This is not peace. This is war. Now war leads to peace. And you, you will have the peace of Christ, but it absolutely involves you going to war with yourself and with your sin. And then next, we're going to talk about this issue is not a surface issue. Like people think that pornography is just a surface issue. And so men who don't struggle with pornography, look at men who maybe do struggle with pornography and they think, well, just don't do it. I actually had that conversation with a buddy of mine at lunch and he was, he, and he was just confessing that he didn't understand it. He didn't know. And he's like, why not just don't look at it? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, if we're that easy, every follower of Christ, every guy who, who hates this sin would just stop. And it's not that it's deep, 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 deep. So we're going to talk real quickly about that. And then we're going to talk about freedom requires commitment. 
freedom requires commitment. And if you're not committed, then don't expect freedom. All right, so let's, let's get going. So how to achieve success. Um, you know, I, I have, I created these slides. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, I created these slides. Um, and so if you see things referring to a course or something like that, or the videos, then um, just know that, that I've taken these same slides that I've, I've uh, done for some other guys and made them available here. So how you achieve success is to take this content very seriously. All right, so I'm going to give you, not only am I, am I going to share these um, ideas and thoughts, but I'm also going to give you some, some homework. If you're, and if you're willing to do it, then that's going to help you uh, in the long run. So take it very, very seriously. I would say one of the things that helped me so much is journal everything. To this day, I journal every single day. And it's very, very therapeutic. And, and I would, um, you know, I would say probably don't do it on a phone. I would say get a normal journal and a pen and write. Now, I use an iPad and I have a uh, writing tool and I write with my iPad pen or pencil, whatever they call it. But I do that. But there's something about writing with your hand that is really, really good for you. I it, literally, I'm sure Allison, uh, who's my wife is, is tired of all the journals in our house, but I, I started journaling back when I was in college. Now I didn't do it every day back then, but you know, that was 30 years ago or so. So, um, so it's been a very, very, but especially over the past five to 10 years, it's been something that I, I've uh, done every day. Next is do the work. Like do the work. If you're a man struggling with pornography and you're here looking for the, you're here looking for the quickest, fastest path of least resistance. I'll just go ahead and tell you this. That's what's gotten you in the position that you're in. And so this is going to require something of you. And then last thing is uh, how to achieve success as we walk through this series is prayer and patience, prayer and patience. Like you will bear fruit. John 15, eight says, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So I want to tell you prayer and patience, prayer and patience. And it is, and, and why do I say like, why is prayer so important to this? Well, because God's will for you is not a life of pornography. And I think many, many men have told themselves the story that this is something I'm always going to struggle with. And it's a lie. It's a lie. And so praying according to God's will, praying what we read in scripture, the promises in scripture, praying the, um, you know, in accordance with God's will, like this is, this has to be a part of it. So we're going to get into that, but this is going to be much further down the road. Like we'll get into it in great detail. So let's get going. So we live by a code. This is, this is, you know, very, very important. So what does it mean to live by a code? I think the first thing I want to say, the way I like to look at it, and um, I've got this, I've got a group of men and we, we talk about this, uh, or we, we have talked about this a good bit, but living by the code is essentially just telling the truth. It's telling the truth. And telling the truth starts with yourself 
first. All right, so I like to look at it, the four R's are real, raw, relevant, and results. So real, we tell the truth and examine the facts. Raw, we're not going to suppress our feelings. Like We have to be honest. Relevant, we will become laser focused on what matters most to our recovery. And then results, what we're after, the results we're after, is a complete transformation in body, soul, and spirit. And I want to say all this, like the gospel is what, what allows us to live by the code. I was, I was just reading the other day in second Samuel about David who was dancing before the Lord and, uh, Micah Saul's daughter who he was married to was, you know, he came in and she was like, you, you have just acted like a, a peasant you you've taken off your royal clothes you put on an ephod and you're dancing like that's so undignified and david's response was i will i will dance before the lord and i'll be even more undignified than this i'll even be more so he is not concerned with other people's opinions we need to remember that like this is a this is something that we need to be thinking about often so when we talk about truth and light like to me there's hardly a better passage in scripture than first john 1 5 through 10 this is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that god is light and in him is no darkness at all so another way you could say that is that god is truth and in him, there are no lies. There's light and no darkness at all. Verse six, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Okay, we'll stop right there. Guys, we lie to ourselves every single day. Don't think that you don't. I do. I have to stop and examine my lies and my stories all the time. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Now, we could... We could spend the next hour talking about this passage, but that's not what we're going to do. I just want you to see the code is telling the truth and walking in light. They're synonymous. Men who are struggling with pornography, especially Christian men, are hiding in the shadows. They're hiding in the darkness. And we're not walking in light. We say we have fellowship with him, but we're walking in darkness, verse six. What does that mean? We lie to ourselves and others, and we're not practicing the truth. But, 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 verse seven, if we walk in the light, so if we start, if we start telling the truth, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. Pornography keeps us separated from true fellowship with one another and true fellowship with God. 
you know how you feel when you get into the pit of porn and shame overcome overcomes you and you run and you hide just like Adam and Eve did in the garden. They hid from God. They tried to cover themselves. They couldn't cover themselves. So what did God do? He killed an animal, shed blood and covered them with sacrifice. We don't need to be terrified of walking in the light with the struggle of pornography. That was the biggest lie I believed for so long was that nobody else struggled and that nobody would understand and that people would think bad of me. Guess what? It's okay. Like the heart of David, which is what I was referring to earlier is I'll become more undignified than this. Don't care. If other people know that I've struggled with pornography, I mean, listen, I have a whole podcast about it. I have a YouTube channel about it. I've got a course that, that I talk, you know, that I walk guys through uh, all about it. We have to become comfortable walking in the light. This is where true freedom lies. So the code, so as we kick this whole thing off, the code is telling the truth. The code is telling the truth. And the result is we want complete transformation. First Thessalonians 5, 23 through 24 says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. So guys, we are in the sanctification process. And guess what? I'm going to be, even though I'm not struggling with porn and masturbation, I'm going to be in the sanctification process the rest of my life. And you are as well. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, that's the complete person, your spirit, your soul, and your body. Like He is going to sanctify us completely. And verse 24 is the greatest verse of all. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. So you don't do it. You don't sanctify yourself. God sanctifies you and he's faithful. He who began a good work and you will see it through to completion. He will surely do it. Romans 12, one and two, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Paul's saying, guys, walk in the light like god has freedom for you walk in the light offer your body as a sacrifice do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of god what is good and acceptable and perfect <sighs> so much there we're not going to sit here and unpack all this we could but it would be take hours and the the main point is that you will be transformed but it will not be you will not be transformed in darkness you will not be transformed by hiding you will not be transformed by lying to yourself and others you will not be transformed by conforming to this world, it starts with your mind. 
And then guess what? When your mind becomes transformed, you're going to be able to discern to discern what the will of God is. There's a reason why many of you are confused about God's will for your life. Many. You're confused because you're conformed to the world. You're not, your mind's not being transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, so guess what? You are going to be tested in this life. And we want to understand the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect for his glory. So let's look at how we transform. And I'm going to hold up two passages that are kind of side by side, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, and I'm going to compare it to 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18. So I'm going to read them out of order, but I want to explain them to you. This is how we transform. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So this is the gospel. This is how you were saved. Just like God said in the very beginning, let there be light. He also said that in your life. If you're a true follower of Christ, he, he reached out to you and said, let light shine out of darkness in you. So he, he shown, it says he shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So there was a point when you had faith and believed God shed his light and you trusted Christ to save you from your sins. Now let's back up to 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18, because this is how we are transformed. He says, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. So he was referring back to Moses. Like this veil is removed. Now the Lord is the spirit. And when the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, we all believers, you brother in Christ, with unveiled face, so like we have the Spirit of God, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. What Paul is saying here is that we are transformed by beholding the glory of the Lord. And where, what is the glory of the Lord, of the glory of God? It's Jesus Christ. So guys, this is the whole reason that I'm even talking to you right now is that the gospel of Jesus Christ is what frees you from the bondage of sin, habitual sin, from pornography, and how he transforms you. Now, this is, a this is a sanctifying process. So for some of you, probably if you came to faith later in life, like I did, I, I came to faith when I was 29 years old, there were certain parts of me, there are certain parts of my sin nature that just immediately disappeared, like the Spirit drove them out immediately. And then there were parts of me that didn't. And you may have experienced the same thing. So we are being transformed from the same image 
into the same image from one degree of glory to another. So this doesn't happen typically all at once. So if you've struggled with pornography for decades, understand that it is going to be a process, but you can be transformed. The problem more than likely is, this is what was true of me, is that I was looking to other methods and other ways to be free from pornography, and I was neglecting the very thing that Paul tells us brings us into freedom and transforms us into the, to be more Christ-like, and that is by beholding Christ in the gospel. That's what I need. And that's what you need. So this is how we transform. So currently, just I want you to just think about yourself right now. You have a current self. And you can think about, you can think about it by thinking, you know, these are my current habits. This is my current situation. This is where I currently work. This is a, the, the situation with my family, with my wife, if you're married, if you're not married, whatever the case is, this is your current self. This is everything about you. And then there's also a future self that you, that you desire, right? So this is the reason probably you're even listening to this podcast is that you desire something else. And that that's a good thing. Like God's created us to grow, to bear fruit and to grow. And so the, the problem is, is that there's this current self and there's this future self that you desire. And there's this gap. There's this gap between the current you and the future you. And there's all kinds of voices and beliefs and thoughts about how you bridge the gap. The world wants to promote, this is how you bridge the gap. If you want to become a better you, this is how you do it. You earn more money. You, um, I mean, there's how many things could you name? I'll, I'll tell you, there are every single company right now, their commercials are meant to like all the advertising, all the marketing that, that you are faced with every single day is trying to convince you that their product or their service is going to take you from your current self to your future self. Think about it. It's all about status. Um, one of the best examples of this is an Apple watch commercial where this man is sitting on the couch. And by the end of this, you know, 30 second commercial, he's running with a bunch of different versions of himself and then swimming in the ocean. And the tagline at the end of that commercial is there's a better you in you. And the whole point is Apple's trying to tell you, if you buy this Apple watch, you will go from sitting on the couch to swimming in the ocean. Do you understand? That's like your current self to your future self. And there are so many Americans and so many people around the world who say, oh, I want to get in shape. Therefore, Apple Watch is going to help me get in shape. And they go and buy the Apple Watch. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Apple Watch. I mean, it's great. Like I have a, I'm, I'm actually wear a Whoop and I have a Garmin for, um, my, uh, for running. But I want to talk to you about how we truly transform. And how we truly transform is when we turn to the Lord and not turn to the Lord once, that's salvation. But when we turn to the Lord day after day after day after day, 
Like that is how God transforms us. He transforms our mind. He transforms our thinking. Every man that I've ever spoken with, and I've spoken with so many, every man that I've ever spoken with who struggled with pornography, so much of his, so much of his um, lack of progress is in how he thinks and what he thinks about and what he thinks on and what he puts his mind on. So we're going to talk about that as we go through these several podcasts. So let's talk about the journey ahead. Um, how to achieve success. As I think about this, you know, this is brothers. If anyone, this is Galatians 6, 1 and 2. If anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And this is not, when he says you who are spiritual, it's not like, hey, the pastor is super spiritual. No, this is about you who are filled with the spirit. You who are filled with the spirit should go to this brother and restore him with a, with a spirit of gentleness. And oh, by the way, when you're going, keep a watch on yourself because you too can be tempted. And then verse two, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So my whole point in telling you this is there is something bigger at stake here. This is not just about you. This is not just about your freedom from pornography. This is about your brother. I'm imagining that many of you have friends, brothers in Christ, who you confide in. Maybe you do. Maybe you confide in a lot of things. Maybe you haven't confided in the fact that you struggle with pornography and masturbation because you're scared that they won't understand it. Or maybe some of you have confided, but you're tired of going and confessing over and over and over again. So you just stop talking about it. And it's kind of an awkward situation, right? Because you don't want to confess it. And they're kind of like, well, do I ask them? I don't know. I don't want to because I want somebody to like me, I don't want to put them in an uncomfortable situation. And so we just don't talk about it. But we have to have our minds on something bigger than ourselves. Like Paul is saying, brothers, brothers, if you know anybody that is living in a lifestyle like habitual sin, and that's the idea here, this is not about like, if you see somebody commit one sin, that's not it or else we would just, it would just it'd be a miserable existence, right? No, this is, if you see somebody who's caught up in like this, just lifestyle of sin, you who are filled with the spirit should restore him with a spirit of gentleness because God's called us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And I would want that for me. I would want that for me. Okay, guys, now we're going to take a shift because we have to understand what this is all about. This is about war. This is about war. You know, this is a wartime mentality versus a peacetime mentality. Now, if you want to read something that's very good that talks about this, what I, I loved, um, Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. And he has a whole chapter dedicated to wartime mentality versus a peacetime mentality. 
And so I would encourage you read that and listen. And, and what he says there is so true, but we're, and we're going to look at this because this is war. You, you cannot be at peace with pornography. It will destroy you. It will kill you. And you cannot be at peace with yourself when you're struggling with this. You have to go to war with your own thoughts, with your own beliefs. So let's look at this. Paul says in Colossians 3.5, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. So when he says put to death, that is a wartime mentality. That is wartime language. And he's telling it to you and to me, put to death, put it to death. So, so many times like, and it, and it's not like sexual immorality for me now, but there's other th areas in my life that I'm not going to war with. Like, I'm just telling you, I know there's not. And the more I'm at peace with those things, the more they start to rule my life. We have to go to war with them. And we go to war with the gospel. So let's look at a peacetime mindset versus a wartime mindset. So peacetime mindset says we try to fight it alone. That's peacetime. I'm going to fight it alone. I can do it. We never talk about it with anyone. We assume no one has a problem like we do. We judge others and compare ourselves to others in order to make ourselves feel better. We don't study the word of God diligently. We don't have a morning routine. We don't examine our stories on a regular basis. We don't take responsibility. We are unhealthy in our eating. We don't exercise. We aren't thankful. We only think of ourselves and not our fellow brothers. We never express our feelings. We pretend we don't have any problems. We project self-sufficiency even when we could use help. We don't commit. We don't sacrifice. And we don't have a vision or mission for our life. That is what the peacetime mentality is like. How do I know that? Because that's exactly was my mindset. I cared more about what other people thought of me than I did killing sin. So what does a wartime mindset or mentality look like? It looks like this. We invite others into our story. We tell and deal with the truth. We recognize this is a massive issue. We focus on getting ourselves well and not on solving others' issues. We pray and we study the word diligently. We have a morning attack routine. We take every thought captive. We take responsibility. We connect food and fuel to performance. We are good stewards of our body. We practice the discipline of thankfulness. We consider others more important than ourselves. We express our feelings in real and relevant ways. We face problems head on. We ask for help if we need it. We burn the boats. We die to ourselves daily, and we think, and we pray, and we journal about our greater purpose. How do I know this? Because this is what, this is the mindset, like something clicked for me in 2018. I read John Piper's book a long time ago, 2006 or seven. I can't remember. It actually was a part of us 
uh, me and my two friends, Forrest and Mark, we started a ministry called Never Thirst. And this, that book, Don't Waste Your Life, was a part of that. Like God used that in incredible ways in our life. But I didn't apply it to every area of my life. And one area I did not apply it to was sexual purity. If you think you can be at peace with pornography, you're wrong. You will be destroyed. And you'll end up living a fruitless life. And God desires you to bear fruit for his glory. Remember, John 15, 8. So we need to have a wartime mentality, and we're going to talk about that. Ephesians 6, 12 says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We do not wrestle. We do not go to war just with flesh and blood. This is a spiritual war going on and it's going on in our hearts. It's going on in our spirits. It's going on in our minds. And so therefore we have to pay close attention to these things. We can't be, we cannot just let these things slide. We have to pay attention to them. And this is also a very, very deep issue. So not only is this war, but this is a very deep issue. It's not a shallow issue. Like your actions, the acting out of pornography is just the tip of the iceberg. Like what you experience the acting out, pornography, masturbation, whatever. I'm, I'm, and listen, I'm, I'm, I don't believe that it's just porn for some of you. I mean, it could be, it could go a lot further than that. And we'll talk about what that looks like later on in the series. But your actions are just a result of what's going on underneath the surface. And diving deep down in yourself to discover these things and and to examine these things may not be comfortable. And so when you think about somebody who dives deep into the ocean, into the deepest depths of the ocean, there is a lot of pressure the deeper you dive. Now, I think about this also from this mentality of, uh, because of never thirst, this ministry where we were drilling wells and they still are like this ministry, you can check them out. Neverthirstwater.org. I would appreciate it. If you, um, consider them as one of your, uh, one of the, the nonprofits you support, they're doing incredible work. I love those people very, very much. I was just over there, um, at their office a couple of weeks ago, uh, somebody that I hired many, many years ago, 10, 11, 12 years ago is, is, uh, was in town. He's from Australia, Jason Berry and, uh, love, love those people over there very, very much. So, but I have this thought process of drilling down deep. So we would be in Africa drilling deep beneath the surface. And the first part of the surface was super easy, right? It's dirt. It may be clay, it's sand, but then the the deeper you go, the more difficult these uh, rocks become. And so if you're watching this video on YouTube, I've got a picture of we were drilling in South Sudan, and I have a picture of 
the different layers of rock that we pulled out as we were drilling, drilling deep down. And then also you could probably go on Google and search for like the iceberg model or something like that. And you'll see that, you know, just the tip of the iceberg sticking out. That's what people see. Those are your actions, your problems and your behaviors, but deep beneath the surface is this massive iceberg that's floating and at the very bottom is the truth about who we are. And then we have our desires and then our expectations, our core beliefs about who we are. We're going to talk a lot about that, our feelings and our motives. And all of that comes up to the surface in what we do. So this is a deep issue. And this whole series that I'm going to walk you through is going to explore all of this. It's going to get... Um, we're going to look at all of this because it's so vitally important to you understanding why you do what you do day after day, week after week, month after month in regards to pornography. And then I want to talk about, this is the last, um, one of the last slides here is that freedom requires commitment. Freedom requires commitment. So what I would say about this, when I was thinking about this, like, what can I, what could I say, or how could I illustrate this Mount Everest? I thought about Mount Everest, like you are at base camp. I have friends uh, with never thirst, actually, they were, they took some donors to Nepal where they were doing some work and they had a day where they just had to themselves. So what do they do? They booked a flight and flew into i think via helicopter up to the base camp of mount everest like you could just fly there you didn't have to hike up there you they flew there they were dropped off and they took pictures and it was very very cool i love seeing the pictures and the point i'm trying to make is you can get to the base camp of mount everest without much effort but you cannot summit without training and commitment and so I want you to think about Mount Everest, the tip of Mount Everest as freedom from pornography, and you will not get there without commitment and training. And so what I would say is make time to listen to these podcasts. If you want to go watch them on YouTube, you can do that. Like, and I'm going to give you again, I'm going to give you things to do, things that you can do to lead you to kind of help you think through and apply what you're learning here. So set a time, set time apart to do these things. What happens if you, if you relapse? What happens if you go back to pornography? What happens if you slip up? Listen, keep going. Don't stop. What's going to happen is your mind is going to tell you to give up. Your mind is going to tell you to give up. Understand that. The question is, are you going to believe your mind? Like, are you going to believe the lie that you're never going to be free, that this is not worth it, that you can't do it, that God, you know, God just is going to keep you here. Like God's angry at you. I mean, are you going to believe the lies or are you going to keep going? I want to encourage you to keep going. It doesn't happen like in some incredible event. It takes time. So I want you to keep going. And what is waiting for you? I want to say there's two motivations. 
Right? We are doing this not for ourselves, not so that we can feel better about ourselves. We're doing it for the glory of God because he's called you to bear fruit to his glory. And the other motivation, so the glory of God is motivation number one, and motivation number two is who you are becoming for the people around you. You may be single, you may have a family, you may have a wife and kids, like you are becoming someone. You, you need to be extremely intentional about that. So I want to encourage you like this freedom requires commitment. You don't quit. You don't stop. I'm, I've got a race. Um, I'm running next weekend. It's, they call it a fun run. It's 27 miles in the woods <laughs> and they're calling it a fun run. The reason they're calling it a fun run is because there's at the same time, there's people running 50 miles and there's people running a hundred miles. And so I'm running the 27 miler because I can't run a hundred miles. It's very questionable whether I could run 50 miles. I don't know, but I am becoming someone who can run those distances and it's step by step. It takes a lot of training. It takes a lot of not believing the lies that my body is telling me. It just, takes me doing the work. So I'm becoming somebody else. And so when I'm thinking about that physically, spiritually, we also are becoming somebody else as we behold the glory of the Lord in the face of Jesus Christ through the gospel. So last thing I want to say, I was reading this in second Samuel, and I thought it was worth sharing with you is just this incredible, you know, David has been running from Saul. He's been anointed king, but he's running from Saul. He, he's tempted to take power for himself. He doesn't do it. He spares Saul's life twice. He wanders on in the wilderness. He's on the outskirts. He's hated and hunted by his, by his own people. And listen, there's a lot of like, David is a picture of the Christ, the true king to come. We could talk about a lot about that, but what I wanted to share with you is in closing, because we're almost done here, is how God convicted me just the other day. And so I, I want to, not that I want to have you convicted, I want to encourage you. This is what I want to encourage you to do. So I'm going to read this. Now, when the king, this is 2 Samuel 7, 1 through 5. Now, when the king lived in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all his surrounding enemies, the king said to Nathan, the prophet, see, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in a tent. And Nathan said to the king, go, do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But the same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan, go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, would you build me a house to dwell in? And from that point forward, God lays out to Nathan to go and tell David, this is what I'm going to do for you. Verse 12, when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father and he will be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, 
I will discipline him with the rod of men, with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him as I took him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. So what God's telling David is, and what I was underlining in my Bible was all the statements where God said, I will, I will, I will, I will. So the point I want you to see is David came and said, God, I will build you a house. And God said, no, 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 no. I'm going to establish a kingdom through you, David. And so what is it that I was convicted about? A couple of different things. Like, this is what I wrote down in my journal. I am tempted time and time again to think two things. Number one, like I look at my life and I see all that God's done for me. And instinctively, I want to like even the score by doing something for God. Let me perform to earn your grace or earn your favor. That's, that's instinctively what I want to do. Well, God's done all this, and, and so, God, let me, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and, and I'm not saying what David was asking for was bad, because it wasn't, because even, even uh, Nathan the prophet said, hey, go do it. It's a good thing. God had to stop him, though. So, instinctively, I want to perform to earn my way to God, and that's not how it works. It's completely by grace. This is the beauty of the gospel. This is the beauty of the gospel. The second thing is I have, I can think that I've arrived somewhere. I'm tempted to think that I can arrive, that I've arrived somewhere that, Hey, it said that David had defeated his enemy and there was peace throughout the country. And it's like, oh, good, I'm done. Now I'm, I'm done. I'm, it's time for me to settle down and, and rest. And that's, that's not the case for me. And that's not the case for you. God is not done with us, brother. God is not done with us. And so David's desire was to do something for God, but God says, stop, let me tell you what I'm going to do through you. And this is a beautiful picture of the gospel. And I want you to also see something else that David was, and, and I'm, David was thinking small and temporary, and I'm tempted to think small and temporary all of the time. Guys, we think just in our small little worlds that this is all there is, and God free me from pornography so I can be a good person. And David flips everything on his head. I mean, God flips everything on his head and says, you're thinking small and temporary. I'm thinking colossal. I'm God is thinking colossal. He's thinking massive and he's thinking eternal. We must get out of our small, limited mindsets, guys. God desires to do something in you that is eternal and that is massive. And I'm not talking massive in the world's eyes. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about massive in his eyes, like eternal, 
bearing eternal fruit. That's what he is after. And so the temptation for me is to think small and to think temporary and earthly. What can I get? What, how can I feel better about myself? What, you know, how much money can I make at my job? And, all, and I'm not even saying those things are bad, but God wants us to think eternal and he wants us to think big. And what I love about this is that why was David a man after God's own heart? Because David was a humble, humble man. David responds to God. He prays to God. If you go and read chapter seven, I want to say, yeah, it's chapter seven. Or maybe it's chapter eight. I think maybe chapter eight. I can't remember. No, it's probably seven. Second Samuel seven. Sorry, guys. Regardless, go read them both. Go read both chapters. When David responds to God, he calls himself his servant 10 times. Your servant, your servant, your servant, your servant. David didn't see himself as a king. He saw himself as God's servant. And that's the posture that we want to have coming into this. So I want to encourage you. As we kick this off, this was just a, this is just us kicking this whole thing off. This is number one, getting like, we're, we're just going to look ahead to what's coming brothers. I want to encourage you. The Lord has something more for you and more for me too. He wants you. He, he is, he is making available to you the very thing that you need to find freedom from pornography, and it is the gospel. Now, we're going to look at the gospel. We're also going to look at other things, right? When I said it was a deep issue, we're going to look, we're going to explore all of those areas of our lives that keep men trapped in pornography. But I want you, what I want you to hear is the gospel is your solution, and it's my solution, and it is by grace. It is not you working for it. It is God doing his work in you. So I'm going to close with this quote by C.T. Studd, one of my favorite missionaries. He said, let us not glide through this world and then slip quietly into heaven without having blown the trumpet loud and long for our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Let us see to it that the devil will hold a thanksgiving service in hell when he gets the news of our departure from the field of battle. Don't you want that, brothers? Don't you want to go down when you enter into heaven? Don't you want to have gone out fighting? fighting for your family, fighting for the glory of God. Like when, when I pass, when my family, when my kids find my journals, they find out what my life was really like, all of my struggles, all of my failures, all of my victories. Man, I want them to give praise and honor and glory to God. Not, not for me, but because 
he brought me through this life. And I want them to see that we're all messed up. We're all screwed up. And it's by God's grace that he saves us and he keeps us. And I want them to look at my life and say, my dad was not perfect, but he was forgiven. And he went down fighting, fighting for the glory of God in, in men. Like I want, I want to spend the rest of my life helping you fall out of love with porn and in love with Christ. That's what I want to do. Like I want that to be the mission of my life. All right, guys, that's it. If you're watching this on YouTube, I apologize because like this is, these are uh, early Saturday mornings or Sunday mornings that I'm doing this and I don't take a shower and I don't get dressed up for anybody, uh, but it is what it is. So I hope you guys have a great week and I'm going to, my uh, goal is to record these on a very regular basis, even if I'm doing some during the middle of the week. Then I've got to edit the audio. Uh, sometimes I, nothing to edit today, uh, but definitely probably need to edit the video and then upload it and all that. So just look for um, Natural Porn Killer on YouTube and you'll find it if you wanted to watch it that way. And uh, I will see you all and uh, be coming back with another episode very, very soon within a week. See you guys.